We made it. You know, this time last year at Easter, we had no idea, right? So praise God for all the goodness that God brings to us this day. Let's pray together. God of the resurrection, God of 2020. In the times when we most need you to be there for us, we thank you that you are, even when we don't recognize it. God, be with us as we proclaim the words of the psalm, that today is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Be with us as we seek new insights through this text from John 20, one that we've probably read many times, but on this Easter day, may it have new meaning for us so that we might understand the meaning that you choose to give us. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen, amen. When I was uh, much younger and in much better shape, I used to race. I would race with my bicycle, I would run races, I swam, uh, swam competitively in high school, and I wish I could say to you that as I look back over that period of my life that every finish line was a triumph, you know, that you kind of zipped past the finish line, juiced by the endorphins of the runner's high, but that is not the case. In fact, there were many times when I sort of just halfway stumbled across the finish line, really. In fact, one time... I was finishing the Tulsa Triathlon, and I actually collapsed after I crossed the finish line because it had just been that kind of a race. And you know how you wish that certain memories would come back to you one way, but they don't. They come back to you the other. So as I read today's text, that was the memory, the memory of me making it just across the finish line and collapsing. That was the memory that came back to me of the, the finishes where I barely made it. Because in some ways, Easter kind of feels that way this year. You know, it's wonderful to be here on Easter. We give great thanks and praise that this is a new reality for us as we begin to enter this period where more and more people have had their vaccinations, where the case counts continue to decline, and we certainly hope that will be the case. But it has been a year, right? It has been quite a year, so this morning, I want you to imagine this story with me again. Pick one of the characters, doesn't matter which one. Maybe you are the angel sitting at the head of the tomb. Maybe you are the disciples who follow Mary and look inside. Maybe you're Mary, but hear this story from whatever perspective you choose to take and see what insights might come from the gospel text this morning. So Mary arrives at the tomb all by herself. She finds that the stone is rolled away. What do you think in that moment? Well, if you're Mary, you think, oh no, someone has stolen his body. That's the only explanation. And for her, it is like the final sock in the gut. At the foot of the cross, she watched Jesus breathe his last ragged breath less than 24 hours previous. And even that was too much, really. But now this, she comes to the tomb and the stone has been rolled away. What to do? Has anybody had those moments across the last year? 
What else? What now? Really? So she runs back and she grabs a couple of the disciples and then all three of them go running back to the tomb. One looks into the tomb and notices Jesus is gone all right. And he leaves. Right? That's what the text says. It's amazing. The other sure looks in enough to see that the, the grave claws, the one that covered the foot and the one that covered the head, they're sort of wrapped up neatly, separately. Huh. Grave robbers don't normally do this. And he leaves. They, they leave Mary there alone again. And what else is there to do, friends, but stand and weep? Stand and weep. So she is weeping because it is too much. She is absolutely overcome by her grief. Then she hears the words, why are you crying? Has anyone ever said something to you that was completely insensitive? You're like, really? Why, why am I crying? What, what else is left? What else could I do? Why are you crying? All she has left is her anger laced with frustration. And she says, just tell me where you've put his body and I will go and get it. She can't imagine that there could be anything else left to do. And then Jesus speaks her name, Mary. And she recognizes him. But in that moment, you know, where we think we would feel relief, obviously she doesn't. In fact, the scripture kind of indicates that it has been so much for her up to this point that she literally falls to her knees and grabs a hold of his legs. So much loss, so much horror, so much pain. And he says, don't hold on to me, Mary. Go back and tell the others. And so she does. The scripture leads us to believe that she does anyway. But, you know, something must have gotten lost in translation. Because where does she find them later that night? They're locked in a room for the fear of their lives. Huh. How did they miss it? Mary went and told them. Jesus appears to them and offers them four beautiful words. I want you to hear these in 2021. Easter day, Jesus says to them, peace be with you. Mm. Then he takes his leave after he says to them, he breathes on them, right? Receive the Holy Spirit. That is quite a story. And if you reach the end of this race, really all you can do is sort of stumble across the finish line. No matter who you are in this story, you are physically and emotionally exhausted. As a pastor, it's one of my great privileges to walk through seasons of people's lives where one crisis adds on another crisis and adds on another crisis. And they often will say to me, Pastor, it's too much. And we agree, you know. It is. It's too much. But over the last year, that has been our corporate experience. Many of us have been awake at least one morning thinking, not again. Not another day. How am I going to get up and do the same thing over and over again? I have labeled 2020 and the first part of 2021 as Groundhog Day. That's how it feels to me. 
You get up and you do the same thing over again. You wonder, is it ever going to change? You see, Lent didn't begin on February 17th for us. It began on March the 12th, 2020. For over a year, the finish line kept moving. You know that experience where you think, well, but no, uh, no. Just keep going because you don't have a choice. When we said, surely this will be over after Easter last year, remember? Yeah, surely by the 4th of July. Surely by the time the kids go back to school and every holiday meant another spike. Even as we turned the calendar for the new year, the death toll just continued to climb. And it is a good thing, friends, that last Easter we couldn't have imagined what was ahead for us in the coming year. But this Easter, oh my goodness, can you feel it? It's different. We don't know how different yet. And we pray, don't we? That we can do what it takes to make it through to the end of a better summer. But there is something different in the air. A gratitude, a hopefulness, even an excitement that there might be better days ahead. So my hope in preaching John's gospel for you this morning is to bring those experiences of the first followers into focus for you. Notice that nothing in the text indicates that they were overjoyed or relieved at Jesus' appearance. And let that sink in for just a moment. Wouldn't you have been overjoyed? Wouldn't you have been excited? Huh. And we skip over this most Easter's because Easter is such a joy. It's the day we look forward to all year long. Especially if we have been here on Good Friday and nailed our black pieces of paper to the cross there in the center aisle. We so look forward to coming on Easter morning and ta-da! Right? It's beautiful. It's amazing. And so we're willing to skip over the parts of the gospel lesson that leave us puzzled. Why would the disciples run off? Why wouldn't Mary recognize Jesus? Why are they locked in a room? Eh, no worries. They figured it out. It's all good. It's Easter. Right? But this year, I think maybe it might help us if we can sort of sit with that. Huh. What? What is that? I hunch that there might be something important in this text for us this year especially because sometimes, friends, what we go through is really a lot. It's really a lot. This last year has been really a lot. You don't just move on past something like that and forget it existed. You don't forget that a lot of sacrifices were made this last year. You don't forget that this year, uh, when we remembered those who have passed on before us on All Saints Day, it was the longest list we've ever had since I've been your pastor here. We don't forget that many of the people that we love aren't with us anymore. You don't just move on and forget. So one of my phrases to remind myself to slow down is take just a hot minute. And that's what I say to myself, Charlotte, just take just a hot minute, you know, like breathe. It's okay. So I think this year, I'm going to say this to you on this Easter Sunday, take just a hot minute, will you? 
We'll get there. We'll get to Easter. We will. But take just a hot minute and allow the glimpse, the puzzlement, the, huh, how did that happen to sort of give you peace that really we'll get there. We'll get to celebration, but it's okay if it comes in a glimpse. And this year, a glimpse is enough. Throughout this season of Lent, we have been focused on the cycles of life represented in the garden. And I just have to give a shout out to Pastor Heather because she was out at Turkey Mountain this morning. But all of that that you see behind us and the way it's changed throughout Lent, she has been the visionary behind that because I could never do that. So way to go, Pastor Heather. Isn't it beautiful? Just reminds us of the gift. Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to make her watch this. And we're going to get to hear uh, applause for her. It's been such a gift. The famous hymn by C. Austin Miles in the garden is one of the most requested. Anytime you allow congregations to say, you know, what are your favorite hymns? They always pick in the garden. And many times you're familiar with it because you'll hear it at a funeral, right? Most people don't know that that uh, hymn was inspired by today's text. It was intended to reflect upon John 20 and Mary's discovery of the empty tomb. So listen to it with those words in mind. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses early on the first day of the week. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. Jesus said, Mary. I'd stay in the garden with him, Though the night around me be falling, but he bids me go. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. Through the voice of woe, I love that line in the hymn, through the voice of woe, his voice to me is calling. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Hear the refrain is a blessing that Easter is this year a soft assurance that you are not alone and that Jesus will walk with you no matter what you feel. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known.